I've opened my legs to hundreds of doctors. <laughs> I remember one particular time having all of the um, the doctors that were learning there, <laughs> the students, and there were about 10 of them just like staring at my vulva. And by that point, I was just like, oh my God, everyone have a look, please have a look. What's going on here? And like, as much as that was funny, it was harrowing. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you are listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Now at Dose, we like to keep a finger on the pulse of the hottest wellness trends. And to kick off season seven, we're talking sexual wellness with women's healing and sexuality mentor, Grace Hazel. Sexuality has become the yoga of wellness and the sexual wellness market is set to reach $125 billion globally by 2026, giving rise to a new category of products and services from libido boosting supplements to sex tech. Check out the episode we recorded with Burley, the audio guide to mindful sex. The growth is all down to us finally realising how our sexual health is intrinsically linked with our physical and mental health. And as Grace says, who doesn't want to have better sex? In this podcast, we chat about her journey to becoming a sexual coach, which began with a very painful process of vulvodynia, also known as chronic vulva pain, that she suffered for almost a decade, and how she healed herself naturally through plant medicine and empowered herself, leading her to want to help others. She's the host of the podcast Conversations with Pussy and is passionate about sexual liberation. I hope you enjoy. Grace, thank you so much for joining us on the Dose podcast. It's a, a real pleasure to have you on. It is absolutely my pleasure too. Thank you for having me, Hetty. Well, thank you. So you're based in Ibiza now, is that right? I am indeed. I um, I moved when we had that break from lockdown from England. I jumped in a car I hadn't driven for quite literally since my teenage years. I decided that I would drive from England to Ibiza with my puppy. So it was quite the experience, just Joy and I doing that. But now my permanent residency is here in sunny Ibiza. Amazing. And what is so special about Ibiza? Why, why have you chosen there as your home? Oh, gosh. Well, where do I start? First of all, it is a big slab of crystal rock. <laughs> Someone told me the other day there's a big rock next to it called Isvedra. And they said to me that the same magnetic pull as Isvedra has is the Bermuda Triangle magnetic pull. So it is quite a wild island. And what I love about Ibiza is that obviously when you hear Ibiza, I think most people think about parties and raves. And actually what is on the other side of Ibiza is like beautiful community, the most incredible, exquisite nature. And for me, it's just like the perfection of like, I love London and I love the culture of London and the fact you can go out and get delicious coffee and you can go and, you know, have a beautiful meal or drop into a yoga class. Like all of that is like my favourite. Yet I absolutely need nature surrounding me. And that's what Ibiza gives me. It gives me all of the fun aspects of London, but also on Sundays, I go out on four hour hikes into the most glorious places. And so for me, that's like Ibiza. It's the most incredible place for me as a human being right now. Oh God, you're really selling it. Sounds so dreamy. Um, great. So let's get started. So in terms of your career journey, um, I obviously came across you first with your 
your amazing podcast, Conversations with Pussy. And there's an episode there where you actually talk about your experience into getting into this world because you're now a psychosomatic sex coach. Is that right? I am, yeah. I, yeah. I switch up my name of how I refer to myself and I have done across the years. I think last year it was Vagina Witch. And um, more recently I've switched it to psychosomatic sex coach. But all, all of the before names still apply. Yeah, nice. Um, so in that podcast, you talk about your, I think it's 10 year experience you had with this condition called vulvodynia. And um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear you talk about that because that's kind of shaped your career journey, hasn't it? Like through the process of going through something incredibly painful um, and that took you down a real road of like hell, hellish treatments. Um, you then came out the other side and you've kind of developed this amazing community and now you've become a, a coach helping other people with their sexual frustrations and um, things like low libido and, um, you know, just helping people to get in touch with themselves a little bit more. So can you talk to us a little bit about that journey and how it led you to where you are today? Yeah. So first of all, what I would say is like my work has started becoming this thing around we all go through initiations in life, every single one of us. And it's my belief that those initiations begin to weave the blueprint in the tapestry for who we become as human beings. And for me, I believe there was no mistake in the fact that I had vulvodynia for 10 years. And um, I'll just explain to everyone who's listening what vulvodynia is for anyone who doesn't know. Um, Vulvodynia is a neurological condition which affects the vulva and the vagina. And for me, what it meant was that whenever I had sex, it was incredibly painful. So that's how it began. And then because um, of the way that nobody really knew what was happening at the time, nobody really knew what vulvodynia was, because I wasn't receiving treatment or understanding about what, what vulvodynia was or what this pain was, um, Volvodynia then came into this place where I was in constant pain. So I used to be sat at work and um, I would be, you know, typing and doing my thing. And I would get like these lightning bolts of pain, like shooting from my vulva up through my vagina. And at times when it was really bad, it would be like sitting on top of a roaring fire without your knickers on. So it's like pure burning pain. And at that beginning phase, I, I think I was around 18, 19, I was in like my first relationship where I was in a comfortable place of sexual exploration. So when this piece around pain came in, it was like my the gates for me learning about sexuality were opening and then suddenly came to this close because what I started to associate sex with was severe pain. So I became really scared of sex. I began to avoid sex. And so not only was I experiencing pain through sex, but also psychologically, my mind was coming into a place where um, sex for me just wasn't fun at all. And this went on, like, like you just said, for around 10 years. So the relationship that I was just explaining about, we, we broke up and um, because we built so much on, you know, sexuality. And I really do believe that when we first meet somebody, that's where we connect, right? That's where we bond. It's like sex becomes this place where we are not using our words anymore to get to know each other. We're just feeling each other. And for me, that's what sex is. It's like this beautiful connective experience where we get to go deeper with our partners or, or partner. And I just didn't have that for literally 10 years. So my experience with vulvodynia meant that 
my deepest desire always was that I would not have vulvodynia for life and that I could come back to a place where sex was pleasurable for me, where sex was exquisite for me, where I would be in a relationship again, where I wouldn't have to fear the next day or during sex that I would be in loads of pain. So through my deep desire to have pain-free sex and pleasurable sex, when I um, journeyed that and began to navigate back into healing vulvodynia, letting go of the pain, and when I started to experience great sex again, I was like, I have to talk about this, you know? Wooker, the UK's first period pants brand, believes that everybody who has periods should have access to affordable, comfortable, sustainable period wear that works. Whether you're into boxes, high waists or thongs, their award-winning collection starts from £10 and ranges from two extra small to six extra large and are available in light, medium and heavy flow to suit all periods and all bodies. Head to wooka.co.uk to find out more and use the discount code DOSE15 for 15% off. And you kind of self-healed yourself, didn't you? There was this whole process where you you kind of you went to see the doctors, you took all the pills, you, you even had an operation, I believe, where they took away part of your vagina and then you experienced all this like hellish repercussions of that. So yeah, talk to us a bit about how you went down the kind of more natural healing methods and um, and yeah, how that assisted your journey. Yeah, totally. So um, all of what you just said, absolutely correct. I was on wild pills. When I stood up out of bed in the morning, I sometimes would fall to the ground because these pills that were there to kind of take down the the nervous system pain were so strong that I was basically stoned all the time. And again, I'd be at work and I just couldn't concentrate on anything. Um, And For years and years and years, I was consistently going to the hospital, going to see specialists. You know, like I've opened my legs to hundreds of doctors. (laughs) I remember one particular time having all of the the doctors that were learning there, (laughs) the students, and there were about 10 of them just like staring at my vulva. And by that point, I was just like, oh my God, everyone have a look. Please have a look. What's going on here? And like, as much as that was funny, it was harrowing. For me, it was harrowing to continuously go into the hospital and be told, well, we'll stick you on a higher dose of this this pain medication, or we'll try this other pain medication, or try this cream that you can put on your vagina before you have sex so you can't feel anything, so your partner can have sex with you, but you can't feel a thing. And the last, the last thing, really, the last option was to have this operation. And there was lots of medical studies on it. And it was very like, there wasn't a real success rate, but it was something that they were trying out. So this was to remove a part of my vulva, vagina, whereupon on touch, it was super painful. So they were removing this skin. And I guess what had happened was that I was very much at my wit's end. And I was just like, In those really painful moments, Hetty, I'd be sat on my bed and I'd be literally on Google being like, vagina transplant. Like, can I get a new vagina? Because it was just like, it was so painful that I thought, if I can just have a new one, that would be fantastic. Um, So when they offered me this operation, I was like, go for it. Yes. Like, I just, I just, I'll try anything at this point. And after the operation, it actually ended up that I was in so much more pain than I was initially. 
And I think for me, I had been tuning into this part of me that was like, I can't keep putting my power in someone else's hands. I cannot keep putting my healing in someone else's hands. And I knew that I didn't want to be taking these drugs for the rest of my life. Like, I was ridiculous. I was like the the Mary Poppins of painkillers. Like, I would have my bag and I couldn't go out of the house unless I had, like, codeine, a big supply of painkillers, because it would be so frightening for me to think that if I was out for an hour and Volvidinia kicked in, that I couldn't get home quick enough to, like, self-medicate and sort myself out. So I was like, I can't live my life this way. And so in the end, when I had this operation, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I began to feel, it was literally like I began to hear the word. And I wasn't very spiritual at all. I um, potentially, I was going to a bit of yoga and I liked a bit of yoga because I felt nice afterwards. But I started to hear the word in my head, holistic healing. And this word was like, it wasn't something that I'd followed. I was very much back in that that time, like going to drum and bass raves, taking loads of drugs and like having a great time. Like I wasn't into spirituality so much. And so this holistic healing word came in and I started to follow this path of like, oh, we can begin to take power back into our own healing process. And that was within that 10 year bracket of having vulvodynia. It includes this time where I started to open up to the possibility that instead of trying to get rid of the pain, that this pain was actually there to teach me a lesson. It was there to provide me with information. And that's really what I stick to now, which is so much what psychosomatics um coaching is about is to instead of ignoring things that are going on in the body whether that be physical pain whether that be lack of libido whether that be not having orgasms except like we could, the list goes on and on and on and also it can be psychological instead of ignoring that or trying to push it away the medicine is to come like straight up with the pain for me and go what do you need? What is the message behind that? What are you trying to say? Because essentially, my vagina was in a lot of pain because it was storing so much emotion, tension and trauma from literally the moment that I became a sexual woman to that moment then. And so I had to unpick and unravel all of the experiences that were held in my vagina because she was screaming out, being like, listen to me, look at me. And there's this beautiful book called The Body Keeps a Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And she talks all about, or sorry, he talks all about this. He talks about how the body holds on to information. It holds on to emotion and trauma. And when that happens, it's like when big things happen in our life, they don't just go flinging over the top of our head and we just like get on with it. If we don't process it, it gets stored. And first of all, when we store that information in our body, it can initially um, be more of a um, energy. So it can just be held there initially. And maybe we start to feel stagnant in our sexuality. I'd say this particularly for vaginas because that's my um, line of work. But this applies to the whole body. 
But eventually, if we're not addressing that, it may start to manifest into something physical. And for me, it was vulvodynia. So I had so many layers to work through, so many pieces of healing to work through in order to release everything that was held there in my vagina so that my vagina came back to a place of balance and softness so that I could experience pleasure again. And were you kind of conscious of that trauma or was it stuff that you had buried like from your past? I didn't realise it was trauma. So I will say that it was only in a um, women's circle during my healing process that I was in a group of these amazing human beings and they were all talking about um, experiences they'd had with boundaries being crossed in sex, particularly the subject of rape. And so we were talking in this circle and I, I began to feel my body shake. I began to just feel my whole body going into this like kind of release, but also it was a resonance for what was being spoken about. And I started to tune into, it was a particular memory of something that had happened that I'd brushed under the carpet as nothing. I'd gone, oh no, that's not, you know, rape happens when someone pulls you down an alleyway and, and like takes advantage of you. It doesn't happen when you already know somebody or you have a relationship with them. So things like that started coming to the surface. So I was like, oh wow, that was trauma. Um, pieces around having abortions came up. Pieces around the simplicity of, of actually just allowing people inside me as a method of validation rather than me and my body being a full yes. So what was happening for me and what started to become really um, present for me was the amount of times that I had overridden my body's absolute no and said yes to sex when actually I didn't want to have it. And there were so many layers and pieces of conditioning in that. So when I was doing this healing work, you know, and I'm saying like, you've got to do the healing work. It's actually about looking at those belief systems and that conditioning that you've received personally about what sex is and what your sexuality means and how you share your sexuality. And for me, I had to unpick all of that to understand that I had been consistently treading all over like my body and, and what it really needed in order to please the people that I was interacting with. And really what I discovered was that this, this absolute, um, the pain that I was experiencing in my vagina was like my body's way of saying no. It was like a literal, I'm not going to let anyone else in here. And this is the physical reality of it. Nobody comes in. And that's because my mind kept saying, yes, 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 yes. My practical thing, I was like, yeah, 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 go for it. You know, absolutely drunk or high. Yet my body was not like a no. And eventually it had to do that through pain because there was no other way that it could communicate because I was so disconnected from my body. I couldn't hear my body. I didn't even know that my body had a voice or that I could tune into the voice of my body. I didn't know that my mind wasn't the whole of me. That's been a revelation for me, that my silly old mind that's like chatter-chattering away from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed at night, that that's not all of me. There's so much more wisdom within my being. So 
Yeah, I feel like I've just gone on a, an excited tangent. No. That's right. It's, no, it's, it's amazing just to hear your story because I think people that are listening in that haven't maybe heard your podcast, they might not know. And I, yeah, I find it fascinating. And you, and you talk about it as a gift in a way, like as, as much as you had to go through all of that pain, you're now in a really strong position where you're, you're helping other people with their sexual problems. And the sexual wellness as a category is burgeoning, isn't it? I mean, we talked at the start about a piece that um, we have on our site called How to, I think it's the benefits of a yoni massage where we interviewed you it's one of our like best performing pieces organically and that is just testament to how it's resonating with a lot of people right now and you know there's there's the birth of these sexual wellness apps that have been used a lot in lockdown when people aren't being able to connect with other people so they're kind of going in instead and developing more self-compassion and stuff like that so yeah you, you've built an, an incredible career in this world so what, what is it like for you, like being a coach and, and the kind of reward you get from helping other people? Well, it's incredible. <laughs> what, what I love and what this initially started from, so what my work and me beginning to speak out um, started from, was essentially my deep need to talk about something that I kept covered up for the majority of those years because I was ashamed. So for me personally, having painful sex or not being able to have sex without pain created this feeling that I was less than everyone else, that I was less of a woman, okay? So what I did was overexert my sexuality on the outside, my flirtatiousness, my sensuality on the outside. And I was living on top of a big lie. (laughs) And when I started to write online about vulvodynia, the the response I received was so big. I received so many messages just from people that I already knew being like, me too, I have this pain. I've experienced that or something similar. And I do also believe in this right now is that yes, we're all into talking about sexual wellness. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to be talking about pleasure and and, and how to get more connection with your partner. That's all really valid. But what this started off for me was to talk about the things that we sit on top of that create shame, right? The things that perhaps happened in our childhood. For me, it was like presently with the vulvodynia stuff of of having painful sex. But so many people hold sexual shame. We don't talk about sex in this, this way of like, sometimes I get thrush or sometimes I get cystitis or whatever it is, like the stuff that feels a little bit taboo, the stuff that you wouldn't bring up at the dinner table. For me, that's where it started. I was like, I have to talk about all of the things that we feel edgy talking about in regards to sexuality and about being in our bodies. And when now I sit in front of clients and I can be in a place where I'm like, everything is welcome here. I, I have this um, this reminder of this client that I worked with a while ago, and I won't go into a story or say any names or anything like that, but just simply to say that I remember that she had been experiencing so much blocks around connecting with her partner and connecting with her own sexuality. And it came to this point where we started to talk about sexual shame. And she got so upset. It was like her body was doing that thing I was saying about when I was sat in that circle. It was shaking. And um, she she described something that had happened in her childhood that she'd held so much embarrassment around. And I don't know what came over me because it wasn't very professional of me to to respond in this way. 
But all that came up in me was hysterical laughter. And I just began laughing. I was like, oh, oh, and I'm not trying to stifle it. It was like, I really get led in how to, how to respond to things. And I just started laughing. And she said to me, initially, I was like, what is Grace laughing at? And then she just burst into laughter, realizing that what she'd been carrying all of this time, she began to reflect on it from this other perspective. And she realized it was hilarious. She realized this thing that she was so embarrassed about was hilarious. This thing that was stopping her from feeling like she could connect to her sexuality and her, her, her partner was actually the most hilarious thing ever and the most innocent thing ever. And it's things like that, you know, when, when people can tune into or talk about their experience with sex in a place that is safe, in a place where someone's saying, hey, honey, I got you. And stuff that has been scary for them turns into like this thing that just, it just vap- it vaporizes. And there's so much space that's left there. And with the work that I do, it really is about creating space in the body. And I think of that in an emotional perspective and in an, in an energetic perspective. Like I believe that we are all made of everything that is that. And so when we're working with the physical body, with the emotional body, with the energetic body, all we're doing is finding the places within us that we're holding on to stuff, which is, it could be shame. It could be another emotion that's been stored. We're wanting to tap into those places and we're wanting to find a way to release that. In that particular experience, it was through laughter. It can be through tears. It can be through like raging into a pillow and screaming, you know, whatever the emotion um, it presents itself as. But we're just creating space. And with that space, and this is my belief, that our our sexuality (laughs) is is made up of what I call sexual energy. It's life force, it's it's creativity, so it's creative energy. So once we make space within our body, once we release these things that block it, our creative flow, our life force, our sexual energy starts to bubble again, which is natural and normal and beautiful. That's how we're born. That's literally as children, we're born with life force rippling through our body. And there's no like shame in that. It's not like, oh, children are really sexual when they're born. It's not that. It's just a natural force of life which is life force, creativity, and sexual energy. So all we're doing is looking at the body and going, where is their stuck stuff? How can we move that? How can we support there to be space here so you can feel your sexuality again? Mm. And, and why do you think there's been a kind of a rise in interest towards looking after ourselves sexually, like sexual self-care? That's another one, isn't it, at the moment where people are building kind of whole routines around it, like giving them themselves time to kind of you know, work on themselves. Like what do you think's given rise to it, especially now? Permission. I think, first of all, it starts with permission. So I think when we start seeing people talking about sexuality, it can be a um, initiation into feeling like, ah, actually, this is okay to talk about. So a lot of the time back in the day, I would um, talk a lot about masturbation. And at that time, it was a little bit more edgy than it is now. Now we're talking about masturbation a lot. And I would receive messages in my inbox all the time being like, oh my God, I just had my first orgasm because I touched myself for the first time and I'd never done that because I felt so shameful about it. So I think what happens is when people start talking about sex and everything that 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 contains, 
people read that or listen to it and it starts to give permission to us to start to to take on that ourselves. So I remember when I was in the place of feeling very sexually disconnected, I remember finding a podcast of an Australian sexologist. I started to listen to her stories and she was so sexually open and free. And it tapped into this deep part of me where I was like, oh my God, I want to have a threesome. I want to explore with women. And it was like all these parts that I pushed down of myself started to become normalized and okay to express. So I think that's number one. And then number two, which is an equal value, is kind of what I was just talking about before. I think we're realizing that when we're in connection with our sexuality, and that doesn't mean that we have to be bonking someone every single day or week or month, it's something different. It's like when we're in touch with our sexual energy and we are breathing with that and allowing that to move through us, Life goes from what I believe is like black and white to being in full color. Like the spectrum of us when we hold sexuality in a way that like really, it's, it's like we start to, to glisten. <laughs> we start to glow when we're allowing that to move through our body because it is life force. We find ourselves feeling more creative. We find ourselves literally, you know, for me, I quit my job and I started a new, a new well, my business, you know. So for me, I feel like we're, we're receiving the importance through experience of reclaiming what that is for ourselves. And like I said before, when people are talking about sex, it gives us permission to do it too. You spoke about at the, at the beginning about um, in kind of going against all the, the pills and the medication that you kind of, you took on these holistic practices instead, like doing kind of like shamanic healing. And is, is that the sort of therapies that you still take part in now? Like, are you a big advocate of, of those sorts of treatments? Totally. Therapies? Yeah, yeah, so I, I believe in the power of all of these, these methods. I think that when you go into something with the intention that it's going to support you, it can. For me, working in plant medicine ceremonies happened at the very beginning of my journey. And I still get super emotional about those plants in particular that has supported me. Because for me, it supported me through womanhood. It supported me from identifying as a girl and coming into a place of identifying as a woman, of growing up, actually. So those ceremonies helped me with that, right? So what I see with, especially with plant medicines and psych it's, it's psychedelics, essentially, there's so much research on psychedelics and like their healing power. It can completely get you into your psyche and it can allow you to do what I believe is like 10 years of therapy in a few nights, which is intense. And we have to be really um, careful about who we go and work with. And I'm very big on like advocating that we shouldn't all just start going, oh yeah, let's go and do plant medicine and like not check in with who the practitioner is because it's a very deep space that you go into. However, for me, like I just said, when I would go into ceremonies, it supported me to do like 10 years of therapy in a few nights. And I do also believe that the fact that like, you're not just looking from the mind, and this is why psychosomatic stuff is so important for me now, that we're looking not just at what the mind thinks, but we're taking on or into account the whole entire body. We're looking at the the energy body we're looking at the spiritual body we're looking at 
the emotional body and what I have found through simple like just having talk therapy is that we don't access those places talk therapy is really beautiful because it can support you to like make sense of things which we need but it doesn't support you to release things and I believe that with um, psychedelics that it is a they, they hold a beautiful space for you to do those things so psychedelics was part of that and if I would then talk about the other things that I um, got really into, which was at the time I was teaching yoga, I was doing massage. Um, and again, like with the shamanic work, I went deep diving into the realms of um, shamanic sexuality and, and ritual and ceremony through sexuality. I love all of those things. And I still like, if, if I get invited to something like that, I'm like, yes! And for me, it's this support of being able to connect body and mind again it's allowing us to arrive in our body and nobody has good sex from their mind like if we're like thinking about our to-do list or like oh I need to come if we're like up in our head nobody has good sex from the head we all live in this society where we're we're naturally up in our head because we need to do 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 go 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 achieve 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 and we don't get much space to arrive in the body. And I do believe that's why yoga got so popular. Like yoga hit us and it just went wild and it's still going wild because it is a space for people to arrive in the body. And that for me feels like the most important thing out of all of these holistic healing practices, shamanism and all, all of the things. It's like we're arriving into the body and perhaps we're tapping into something deeper than that, which is our soul. And that's where we want to be listening to. We don't want to be listening to the head all day because it leads us in all sorts of wild places. When we can arrive back in the body and feel something that is like our true nature, I believe living life from that way is so much more fulfilling. Living sexuality from that way is so much more fulfilling. But every aspect is touched by that. Mm. And do you think like porn can be quite damaging in a way because it makes us live in the head, like makes us think, oh, I've got to look like that person looked and I've got to be feeling like the way that they looked. And it, it's like that mental chatter, like you say. Yeah, so I think I take two perspectives on porn. I first of all will say that, yeah, if we are looking at Pornhub and we're like diving into um, what that is we can see lots of um, images or videos of bodies which are which look a certain way and um, we're also seeing sex done a certain way and I believe that for younger people who are now learning they're getting education from sex through porn it is really damaging because that's not how we fuck a lot of those videos that that young people go into it's like no one's telling them that's not how actual authentic sex goes it's fucking it's fucking and it's on a it's on a porn set that's not actually what it looks like so first of all i think that can be damaging because we're getting this like version of sex which which isn't of truth in fact the other day i heard i spoke to someone who was a, an older woman and she'd been having sex with, with men who were like older, <laughs> who hadn't been in the porn era, let's say, who learned about sex, um, maybe through magazines, but through doing, right? Through learning, through being with bodies. And um, then she had sex with someone younger who was, you know, learned through porn. And she said to me like, oh my God, the difference in the sex we had 
was wild. It was like, bang, 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 let's go, you know, like orgasm focused sex. And maybe, you know, that's just a generalization of what happens. But what I perceive is that we're learning in the wrong ways. I will say that I don't like to shame porn so much. I know there's lots of people that are like, oh, no, porn's really bad. But I do feel that there are really beautiful um, porn directors out there. One that I love is Erica Lust. And there's there's people coming into the field who are creating porn from a different perspective, from a more authentic perspective. And if, I mean, I would be so into porn if I could like watch people who were like, in love or not even in love that that liked each other and were like really experiencing intimacy and sex at, at its rawest form like that for me is amazing and in a lot of the sexuality schools that I've learned through the way that we learn is through watching so it, I, I was talking about this on the hike the other day and people were like what and the way that we would receive transmissions of um, sexual connection was through people literally sitting in the middle of the circle. Just imagine being in like a big yoga shala and like there's like 40 people around and in the middle of two people giving a sexual transmission of, um, of, of like body massage, of penetration, or whatever, like all of the things. For me, that was like one of the most inspiring pieces of sacred sexuality school because I was watching people have a real authentic connection and that gives my body like this this embodiment and this this visual of what sex can be so I think that we can look at it at those perspectives yes it can be damaging but also if porn were to change into something that empowered people and showed something that was more a reflection of real life and could be educational even I feel like porn could be cool yeah Definitely. So what is the future for you then? You're going to carry on doing your kind of online coaching, but would would you ever do like retreats and stuff like that in Ibiza? Yeah, yeah. I've done a retreat in Ibiza like a couple of years ago, which was incredible. And we were set to do it last year, but with all that happened with um, lockdown, we had to stop. So absolutely, definitely, I'll be opening up again for retreats when the time feels right. Um, For the moment, what I'm in creation of at the moment is Vagina School, which is going to be a really beautiful six month school, which supports people to connect to their vagina in a way that's like being in a yoga studio, but it's a vagina studio. So it's all very much what I've been talking about, which is coming into the body and connecting to particularly our vagina. So we build a relationship with her or it or them. (laughs) nice and how can people who are listening now find you online uh what's your instagram handle my instagram is grace and it's three underscores hazel so it's grace underscore 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 hazel awesome always been such a pleasure talking to you today i could listen to you for hours you're, you're amazing a font of knowledge and i think what you've been through is is incredible and it's obviously led you to where you needed to be and it's just through tapping into that inner voice which is obviously very powerful um, a lot of us block it out, I think, with our day-to-day stresses and phones and emails going off. But when you actually tune in and listen, it can be pretty powerful stuff, right? Totally. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have you got planned for the rest of the, day, of the day? I am going to get my puppy and we're going to go for a walk down the beach. And um, I'm taking to her, her to the vet a bit later. And I've got a healing session a little bit later on in the day. So that's me. That's awesome. And do you think your past experience, like being, like you said, like living it up in the in the old fashioned sense of hedonism, you know, like partying, doing drugs, whatever, is, is giving you like great perspective now? Like, 
I, I see someone like you're a healthy headness. Like you, you do what makes you feel good, but also what is good for you. That's my definition of it anyway. Like you kind of, I'm someone like you who I kind of, I did that too. And then now that I'm kind of doing workouts and things that make me feel those same highs, you can kind of reflect, can't you? And see the parallels that you can actually get that naturally if you just listen to your body and tap into those kind of those feel good hormones that we always talk about so do you do you think it's given you a good perspective like having that history completely and I think that I always look back at raving in particular and I see Terence McKenna um talks about this in his one of his books which he talks about um archaic revival and he speaks about the way that we've become really like we create ceremony from going to a rave like we take MGMA we listen to loud music and everybody's there dancing together and they're all celebrating together the music yet when I look at ceremony in the fashion of like the way that I do it now I'm in a big group of people that I love there's music and we're celebrating yet we're celebrating and praying to God (laughs) you know so I feel like the similarities for me in in when I look back to what I used to enjoy yeah I was accessing it in a way that my body didn't love but now what I'm doing is accessing those bits of pleasure in ways that actually really support my body and heal my body and don't get me wrong Hetty I still love a glass of wine and a knees up I'm just not doing it in that way where I was completely unconscious and just absolutely hammering it anymore because my body just won't let me and I I do do absolutely feel like when the Ibiza clubs come open again I'm gonna go and get have myself a big party but I'll do it in a way that really suits me you know (laughs) not old school ways (laughs) yeah awesome well you're really selling it to me I'm hoping it'll be on the green list Ibiza but I don't know if it will be it might be a bit of a tricky one for this year maybe next year Awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for making the time for us today. And uh, yeah, I hope we get to meet in real life one day. Me too. Thank you so much, Hetty. Thank you. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.